Well, good morning, everybody. How many of you remember an old song from the 70s called Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing? Anybody remember that one? It was um, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. And that song, um, it, it's a song that talks about this... Um, good morning, good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. Um, this song talks about the the wonderful um, relationship between two people. And so what it brings to mind is our relationship with God. And so as we're, as I want you to think about some lyrics for just a few minutes here. So in the beginning of the song, Tammy starts, starts to sing, I've got your picture hanging on the wall, but I can't see me or, or come to me when I call. I realize it's just a picture frame. And then Marvin sings back to her. He says, I read your letters when you're not here, but they don't move me and they don't groove me like when I hear your sweet voice whispering in my ear. And then, of course, when that song uh, goes into the chorus, they start singing, ain't nothing like the real thing. So that begs the question this morning, brothers and sisters, that begs the question, when, when we think about um, this thought, how do we measure, or how do we check our own relationship with God? How are we doing in our, in our own walk? For example, if we talk about the Bible, are we, are we reading that book? Are we ingesting those words and thinking about what those words say? Or, or is it more like that picture that's hanging on the wall or... Or is our Bible just sort of collecting dust on the shelf and instead being opened and read? When we do read it, maybe, for example, um, you ever read the letters of Paul? And when we read the letters of Paul and we, we see what he has to say for us, does it, does it reach in and touch our heart? Does it pierce into the deepest parts and shine light into those areas that we need God to speak into? So, because really, there ain't nothing like the real thing. Forgive my grammar, I'm using ain't a lot today. But there's just nothing like a good relationship with God. And so, see, what happens is, in in church world, breakups don't really happen um, very quickly. Usually, there's this slow de-energizing of a relationship. So if we're, we're taking that song and saying, well, what about myself and God, or us and God? You know, when, it, when a breakup is a, about to occur, there's things that have built it up over time to bring it about. For example, there's frictions, there's tensions, there's those arguments, there's, there's that um, distrust, or maybe in church world, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a conflict between a, a, a brother or sister over here in Christ, and maybe you're offended by something that happened over here. And what happens is we allow those things to take away our love of the Word. And when we take away that love of the Word, then we don't want to read it as much. We don't want to dig into it. And, and we have to be careful because a breakup is about to occur if we, don't, if we don't check that spiral. And so there is a way to check that spiral because when it comes down to it, there ain't nothing like the real thing in our relationship with God. And I believe he wants every single person here or anybody that hears the gospel message to have an authentic relationship with him. I believe God wants all people to be saved. I, I believe when, 
1 John 2, 1 and 2, the Bible says that Jesus didn't die only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And he did that with that desire for a relationship with him, an authentic, a real relationship based on the sacrifice that he gave for us. And so when you, in your, in, if you're going to read in your Bibles, you want to look in your Bibles to a place called Jeremiah 31, 21 through 23. So if we're going to check this and, 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 and make sure we check our heart and, and get it back to that right relationship with God, that authentic connection with God, we have to go back to Scripture and study Scripture. In Jeremiah 31, there is a passage here where Jeremiah is telling the people of, 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 of uh, Judah, you are going to be carried off by the Babylonians. But there will be only that for a time. He says about 70 years when the Lord gets his Sabbaths back is what it is. He get, when the Lord gets his time, he was owed back, and then he's going to call this remnant to come back home from their faraway places. Jeremiah says this. He says, set up for yourselves road marks, Place for yourself guideposts. Direct your mind to the highway, the way by which you went. Return, O virgin Israel, return to these cities. So what you see is you see the Lord through Jeremiah telling the people, yes, you're going to be sent away. But when you come back home, when the remnant is restored, as you can read about in the Old Testament, when that, that remnant comes back, set up guideposts to remind yourself where you've been. Set up markers to tell you where to go so that you stay on that right road. And so that's the basic story that you see in Scripture. And you can also see this in Jeremiah as he looks back. One of the things that he's trying to warn the people of is, look, there will be trouble coming, but, but don't lose your heart over this. In that same um, passage later on, down in verse about 33, you're going to see that Jeremiah is going to tell people that the Lord says this, there will be a time coming when I will take the heart of stone, which is the Ten Commandments and all those laws and precepts in the, Levitical law, uh, uh, in the book of Leviticus, all the Levitical laws and the precepts to tell people how they ought to live. And I'm going to take that heart of stone out of a person and I will put a heart of flesh into the people. So what does that mean? Remember that one of the prophecies was, I'm going to take the laws that were written in stone and write them on the tablet of the heart. You know that in Ezekiel, also around um, 31 roughly. Um, what you can see from Scripture is there's a time when the Old Testament law would, would be written on the people's hearts so they would know what to do. And they would know Jesus because he would come in the flesh himself. He, would, he himself would have a heart. And that heart would be broken by the world. I don't hear you much. I'm sorry? I don't hear you much. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's no microphone, so yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, I'll try to speak as loud as I can. Uh, but that, that, that's um, kind of just how we've been... Uh, uh, working here. Maybe next time I can get a microphone. Uh, so, God is trying to help people to see that the highway of good relationship with Him is the one thing you need to keep. So, set up markers. Set up road, road signs. Guide your mind back to that highway. Now, in Scripture, forgive me, that one didn't come through, uh, but there was, there is this idea in Scripture of 
we have our, our head on one side, and this is the knowledge that we learn. And we can read in Scripture the knowledge that we can pick up from the Bible. But then there's also the idea that there is the heart. Remember in John chapter 4, they that worship the Lord, God seeks those that worship Him to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Why? Because God is spirit. And so it's a, it's a combination of the heart, the spirit of, that we, we join and worship with together when we, when we gather together. And it's also a matter of what the Bible teaches we ought to do so God is pleased. He tells us how we ought to worship Him. And so we have to think about this. Sometimes we need to read the Word, but we, and that's the head knowledge, but we also need to love the Word. Because it's one thing to read the Word and have the knowledge up here in our heads, and intellectually we can, we can put the puzzle pieces together, but it has to come down and move into our heart so that it moves us to action. And that is really where many of us are, are at, or many of us need to be in our faith with God. Um, for example, let me ask you a question. How many of you read your Bible uh, three or four times a week? Anybody read, have a reading plan? Okay. If you're, how many of you read just a couple of times a week? Is that something that you could put as a habit and say, uh, what could you do to add that to your routine? If you're not reading, what could I do to add something to my routine so I pick up maybe a few chapters each day or just pick it up and start to read through some of the passages in the New Testament and think about what God says. Um, Jack Exum was famous for saying, "If you're, are you doing it? And if the answer was yes, well, could you do a little bit more? <laughs> and maybe if you're not doing it, could you start doing it? What could you do to plan that time? The second thing to think about is our prayer life. Um, how many of you pray before you eat a meal? Would it be a good idea to pray and thank God for the food that you're about to eat? I would say yes. Um, my family prays whether we're at home or whether we're outside. We always want to uh, let uh, God know that we're thankful for the food that he provided us. Um, that what about uh, when we go to sleep at night or when we wake up or maybe those times when you're out driving with your family or you're out going somewhere? Do we pray for safety? I'm sorry? Speak loud. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Um, do, we, do, we, do we think about that? and ask God to, to be involved in those things that we would like to be, uh, for Him to be involved in. Um, so, how many of you know about what they call the three-legged stool in church world? Now, if you Google this, you'll get many different answers. But in, in the Bible, the Bible only has one answer to this, and that is, the first leg there is Jesus commands us, to go out to make disciples and to baptize them and to teach them what Jesus commanded that people should do. The second pillar on that leg is that we gather together to edify one another and to worship God as a body. When the early disciples gathered together, what did they do? They ate food together. They talked with one another. They studied the Bible together. And they encouraged each other. So that's edification. And how many of you know that third leg, which is to take care of the needs that are within the body? And of course, those that come from the outside sometimes as they pass through your doors. You see, in Acts chapter 6, you notice that the apostles were of such a mind that they said, it is better for us 
to teach and to preach God's Word, the Gospel message. So we want you to appoint deacons, and they appointed seven deacons to take care of the widows that were not being cared for at that time. And so there are people that do the legwork, the deacons, and there are people that handle the spiritual work. That's your elders in the church and the ministers. And so you see, as you go through Scripture, there's that three-legged stool that makes a strong church. And so, when, and when you think about this, that really tells you um, we have to to know these things. We have to have a love for the Word of God, because there ain't nothing like the written Word. And as you know in Scripture, I'll read this a little bit later that this scripture was written down for our learning. That's Romans 15. And we study these things. Why? So that we can know that we have eternal life. That's 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. And so there's just nothing like a real relationship with God. Uh, now, when you think about um, politics, and you might have noticed um, that there are countries where it seems like there's always a coup. Some, sometimes it's a military coup, but it's always some kind of a political coup. And that is where they're taken over from the inside. And so most coups don't happen overnight. Most coups happen slowly over time as, as the enemies of the current situation are putting their pieces in place so that they can take over. But the takeover itself usually is very quick. And you probably can look back in history and remember things like that. There are situations you can think of, like Nicaragua or Cuba or some other places I'm sure you can think of, where the military or the politics, they were there, the people thought they were in power, but they were not careful to learn. Now, uh, in Scripture, what that means is we have to study God's Word because we can get lost in not knowing what the Bible says so that when other people come in and they start to say whatever they want to say, we have no ability to defend. And the only way to defend against false teaching or to defend against a coup is to be prepared ourselves with the Word of God. And so we need to be careful because there's nothing like the written Word. You know, I've said, it's interesting, as we listen to sermons, I know that, you, that we like to listen to things maybe in a bit of a different way. We like a fresh approach sometimes. But isn't it also very comforting to know that we can have the written word and hear many of the same lessons that remind us of the good things that we were taught? Jeremiah reminds us, as you can see up here on the, on the board, that we are to set up signposts. We are to make landmarks. We are to set our hearts towards the highway, the highway of a good relationship with God. Remember the way you went before. Turn back and come home to God. And you can see that in Scripture throughout. Um, we, when we lose our love for the Word, then we have what's called biblical illiteracy. Now, how many, how many of you can remember when you were a young child the first time you were able to read a whole, a whole sentence or maybe your first children's book. Those are memories that are precious, aren't they? 
Or maybe you had a favorite novel as you were growing up, something that inspired you. So there's something about being able to pick up the Word of God and read it for ourselves and let it inspire us to go do good things that helps us to be literate people when it comes to God. Jeremiah reminds us, set up those landmarks and signposts. Remind yourself of where you were so that you can continue on that right path forward and reach your destination. And part of that in the churches of Christ is to restore the New Testament church. The whole point of the restoration movement is to help uh, uh, all of us to reach into Scripture and find out what God has for us. And when we follow what He says, we know we're right with Him. So this is one of the one of the great challenges that is before our generation to reach back into Scripture and find out what does He, what does Jesus have to say, what does God have to say, what do the apostles, the writers of the New Testament letters have to say, so that we can be right with God. And we need to keep that distinctive nature that is found in Scripture for the church. The church is the body, the people who are called out of the world. So we are to be a different people. There is a challenge there to follow those New Testament teachings. So when you look in your Bibles, and I'll have it up here on the wall, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, Peter is writing the second letter, and he's telling them, This is now, beloved, the second letter which I'm writing to you, and that, that I'm trying to stir up your sincere mind by way of reminder. So it is always good to go back to Scripture and read it to remind ourselves of what we know the Bible teaches. And notice that Peter is, is reminding them of, the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior, that's Jesus, spoken by your apostles. So remember when Jesus was describing his relationship with God, he said, I'm only speaking what my Father spoke. So Jesus speaks what his Father spoke. When Jesus gave the apostles the command to go out, he said, Go and make disciples, baptize them, and teach them all that I have commanded. So when you read the New Testament and, and you read what Jesus taught and the apostles taught, you know you're reading what God is expecting of us. And so Paul, Peter is trying to remind the people, stir up their mind, set up those signposts, those road markers, help yourself go back and remember the good things that you were taught. Remember those good things and teach other people about those good things so that they all might follow in the same path that you're hoping that they will follow. Notice also in Scripture, in Second Peter, back in the first chapter, uh, down in verse 16, this is a bit of a long read, but this is what Peter is reminding them, we did not follow cleverly devised tales. We didn't follow things that we made up out of our own head. You know, it's interesting, um, as, as little children, there's some fantasy in, in dealing with their interaction with the world. And that is okay. 
they're learning how to, to function in their world. And as they grow, they let that fantasy go as they understand more things and they're able to manipulate the world around them to, to work and function in the world around them. So it, it doesn't take much for, for us to connect that with what Peter is saying. Peter is saying, we didn't make all this up. We're not going back and trying to, to create um, something that's not in Scripture. We're just trying to make him known to you by the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Uh, now, notice in Scripture... But notice in Scripture in verse 17, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, that's when Jesus was baptized, right? And then note, this was made to him by the majestic glory. And remember when the heavens opened up, right? This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And so you can see this in Scripture. The first time you see God blessing of Jesus is when he was baptized. The second time, Notice what he says here, and we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Well, that, that's the transfiguration, right? Where Jesus and Peter, James and John were up on that mountain, and Jesus kind of shows him a little piece of that glory of what is to come. And you notice that Peter says, well, let's set up tents to worship Elijah and Abraham, Moses. And, and God opens up the heavens and says, No, no, this is the one. This is the Son in whom I love. Hear ye him. Listen to him. Because he has what? The words of life. John 6, 68. So we have this prophetic word made more sure. And, and we, you would do well to pay attention to that. It's a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in their hearts. But you know this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. The Bible interprets itself. It does not need us to add to or to take away from that which is already in Scripture. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God or wrote these things down from God. So Peter would remind us, to pay attention. Think about those good things that you knew from before. Remind yourself of those good works and, and, and don't try to add to or take away from these things. Now notice also in, in, uh, in the song, going back to my original starting point, um, there's another part of this, the second set of lyrics. It, it says, I played a game of fantasy. I pretend but I know in reality I need the shelter and the comfort of your arms. No touch can do or half as much to make me feel better, so let's stay together. And then they go on and sing the, uh, the, the chorus. Now, as you can see in Scripture here, or on the wall here, um, have you guys ever uh, listened to stairwell singing? Have you ever taken the Lord's Supper and had your heart broken because you know it was some sin that you've committed for the week that you need to repent of? How many of you have opened up your Bible and you, you read something and, and, it, and it made sense, the light bulb went off and, and you had that joy, right, from knowing, hey, I understand that part, wow, 
I enjoy those light bulbs and those things that help uh, me to know Scripture better. So but go back to our first question. How is our relationship with God? Do we love His Word? Do we know His Word? Are we willing to set up those markers that help us to stay on that road of right relationship with God? Because there ain't nothing like the real thing. Amen? Amen. And if you have other Bible questions, please feel free to ask after the service this morning or set up a Bible study time. It would be my pleasure to come study with you.